0: floating like butterflies and we're stinging like bees rumble you badass jet pilots rumble drew brown here welcome to the wingman show thank you all for coming we hope to inspire we hope that you learn and we hope to entertain you a little bit so we all grow and become better people i'd like to introduce to you my main man my wingman the number one wingman in the world dr paul thompson what's up brother paul
1: Good morning, Mr. Drew. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard from Drew Brown, Dark Gable, the American Dream. He's the man, the myth, the legend. He's a pilot's pilot, the role model's role model, and most importantly, his royal fullness, because he's definitely full. I'm doing fine. How are you today?
0: You never tell me. Full of what, Paul? Are you trying to say something? You're full of everything good and nothing bad. Aw. Uh, that's why you're my main weak man. You never you never shoot torpedoes. That's uh Paul, you don't know how much that means. So that's what a wingman does too. Be careful of your wingman sometimes. So Paul, what are we doing today?
1: Well, I think you were talking want to talk about affairs of the heart, but you called it white girl love?
0: Woo. That's a big Wait. one. We yeah. better watch what we say. Or actually yeah. we better just try to explain what we mean. Yeah, what okay, you, white girl love. Let's just mean? I'm putting it out there. But white girl love, listen carefully. Use discernment. If you can hear me like you like that, Paul, use discernment. That means if you don't like what I say one time, but you like what I say the other time, pick what I pick what you like. Don't don't worry about the bad. But white girl love, I'm gonna explain it. Has nothing to do with melanin, has nothing to do with the color of your skin whatsoever. It is cultural. And what I mean by white girl love. First of all, let me be honest. Let me be right there. My mother is white, okay? So what I'm about to say, I have some knowledge of. Do you understand? The problem is my mother wasn't like the culture that I'm about to talk about. Because white girl love, it looks like athletes, movie stars. Jack Johnson, back a long time ago, they were attracted to white women, okay? I mean, just let's be honest. And I think back a long time ago, I think black men were more attracted on shoving it up the white man's butt. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think in later times, on latter times, I should say, I think that Black women are so strong sometimes, because they have to be, and they had to be, that it's kind of tough to be with a strong Black woman, especially if you're BSing. So remember, if you're a BS brother, uh, a Black woman ain't for you. Not a, I'm talking culture. Now, there's, now my mother wouldn't be for you, okay? So there's the exception. That means we're not talking about skin color, Paul. I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about culture. You better believe, because my mother met my daddy back in 1953 in Harlem. My mother lived in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, an all-white Jewish community, and she traveled up there to go to the Cotton Club Count Basie, Miles Davis. So my mother is not what we're talking about because my mother was more Black-cultured woman. So a Black woman, to me, is one of the strongest people on the planet. They just haven't ever broken to me. And I give all the credit in the world for a Black woman. But there are a lot of Black women out there, Paul, who are lonely right now. There are a lot of black women, I know some, and they are beautiful. They're smart. They are not Beyonce, though, okay? We need to get this clear. My wife isn't Beyonce. My first wife wasn't Beyonce. You have to go beyond that. You have to go beyond just beauty and this imaginary person that you want, okay? Girls, Denzel is taken. It's not happening. The new Michael B. Jordan, not happening. Go for kind might be a little heavy. Is he nice? That's what we need to know. Anyway, and that's on both sides. That's on both sides. But I guess they date by app now. And thank God I'm not in that.
1: Wow. Yeah. I I, I can't imagine that the apps and the craziness. Because I've got a couple, a few friends who are divorced and they're they're in their 60s and they're talking about dating and the stuff. The stories they give me is like something like out of Star Trek. You know, and they show me these things and. Uh, it's a it's a it's a tough market now because the the world is crazy. But in terms of black women or whatever, the culture is the big thing because everybody's not the same. Uh, a black American woman is not going to be the same as, you know, a, a woman from Ethiopia, for example, Nigeria that I've seen that I've I've dealt with.
0: One hundred percent,
1: the cultures vary tremendously, or or in the islands. So in terms of of what you might call aggressiveness or fierceness, that. Came as a result of just having to survive, and having to survive to this day. If you can look at the, the perceptions of black, you know, women and girls, they're seen as threatening too. They're seen as threatening. They get the full cops doing the chokeholds and the this hold and all that other stuff. Sure. Terror of people because of a perceived strength, and which is actually true. It's there. It's there. You just don't know how to manage it. So sometimes the strength is, nobody has a problem with the strength. Problems come in with the person I think is, is obstinate and difficult just to be difficult.
0: But Paul. Yes. P- Paul, excuse me. They do have reason sometimes. They do have reason because, you know, I'm going to be just, let's say it, man. The culture, the, the culture of men is to play around. The culture of men is that the more girls you have, the more James Bond you are. That cheating on your wife is kind of a joke. It's funny. It's this and that. And black women don't play that shit. Okay? Period. True. That's where the bottom line is. True. Where I think the culture of a white girl would actually allow maybe a couple of, three, four mistakes. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but this is how I feel. This is what I've seen in my little 66 years. That's it. I'm just telling you what I feel, Paul. Okay. You know, I've seen, I'm telling you only what I've seen with my eyes. But it is not a color thing. Let me come back to that. So anyway, let me ask you this question. What should, did you understand about, we went off on the dating thing. And that's because I was talking about wonderful black women that I know, they are gorgeous. They are kind. They're everything. They're just not Beyonce's because that's a fictitious look. right? You know, there is a Beyonce. God bless her, she's pretty. But you got to look beyond that. So all I'm saying is with the dating apps, with everything, there are some single black women just like we just talked about, who are looking for tall, dark, and handsome? I'm taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just joking, but <laughs> the truth thank, is,
1: thank, thank everybody, God,
0: thank God, <laughs> everybody is not six five. Everybody is not tall. Everybody is not this ideal look that you have. And if you marry somebody for love and you really love them, in some time, it's not really going to matter, and they're going to start really looking good to you. So that's just something you need to know. We need to stop looking for looks as much as kindness. My wife, I'll say this out loud, my wife is so kind. My first wife loves my second wife. Well, I love my I love them both, but my first wife, that's how kind Katrina is. That, you know, it's just she's that nice. And thanks Laurie for doing that.
1: Okay. Right. Well let me add it, you know, in addition to the kindness is important. One of the things that needs to be filtered out, and it's it's more female to male than male to female, is that you know yeah every, everybody's not going to be six five. They're not going to play in the NFL. not going to play in the NBA, and they're lucky if they can get a ticket for the most part. <laughs> but the reality is that everybody's not a high income earner. So you're going to say, well, I can only date a man that makes six figures or whatever. Number of black men in this country, in this the U.S., the richest country, that make six figures is relatively small.
0: That's real. That's real. Uh, the and number I, of men who make six figures in this country is relatively small.
1: Okay, so you Sorry. take what I said, in the,
0: the you can the, add some. You can add percentage. You can add a big percentage for black, but right. let's not just make it like that. Yeah, because a lot of black women are looking for white men. Which I'd like to talk about next, but that is that seems to be a new trend now. And I was going to just—I I don't want to interrupt you, so keep going, Paul. I'm sorry.
1: Well, I mean, everybody's—you know—locked up or messed up or is going the other way, you know, not getting into it. But a lot of female hormones have been pumped in the foods for the last thirty years, and I, I think that's part of the reason that you see what you see. With,
0: <laughs> with, with young, Where did that come from?
1: With young boys, you know. There's a lot—you know—a lot of stuffs in chicken you know
0: you shouldn't be eating that chicken the so sauce. so if you eat too much chicken are you going to be have more female chromosomes hmm no i, I don't
1: i don't think so but uh that's that's a theory but they're pumped that's up okay. with female hormones i don't know i don't know. good another good reason to be vegan or at least can sit, cut down your meat consumption. <laughs> no yeah, doubt
0: no you doubt yourself. so There's let there. me let's get back to this cuz this was a poignant um subject I do have, even though my mother's white, my father's black, because that's all bullshit, because I'm cultured. You see, I am 100% black. I've said it before and I will say it again. The reason being is when I go in the jewelry store, they follow me the entire store. They, they don't, don't just stop don't halfway. halfway.
1: They
0: don't stop halfway? halfway. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't get the halfway mark. Okay. okay. So. What well, if you had a card? It me. If you had an
1: me. ID card. So, you know. huh? If you had an ID my
0: card. If you so had an ID card. I mean.
1: Yeah, well, you know, half and half. So, okay, I'm okay on this side of the store, and uh, forget it, forget it, forget it.
0: Well, it's okay because on my birth certificate for race, they should have put human. Anyway, okay. I'm a Negro, actually. I was born a Negro. Okay.
1: So, right. That's the no part kidding. Part. I can show you the birth certificate. I can, I can
0: too. Okay. Okay. So, as a black man, no kidding, I have a, I feel a little something-something when I see a black woman with a white guy. And I will tell you this. I'm not going to say who, but mostly all black women don't like to see black men with white women. Your opinion?
1: Uh, That's generally generally true uh, because the numbers just aren't well. And it depends on what kind of person. Some people who are doing well, there's an attraction. There's some who are down and out. There's an attract. There's kind of a cross-cultural attraction. I noticed that in Cincinnati, Ohio, in 1975, in a very seedy part of town, let's say that I was residing in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there was a, a an unusual coupling of uh, of interracial couples, which was very unusual in 1975 to me. And uh, they were not doing very well, but they were together. I th- I thought that was rather fascinating. I don't know. Why that would be, but you know, be that as it may, you know, affairs of the heart or affairs of the heart, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. But you have to look when you look at the the role of black people in America. It's it's more complicated than that because there's a lot of messaging from the cradle to the grave on who is beautiful, who is acceptable, who is good, who is bad, who is pretty, who is ugly. It's 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 in everything. It's in advertising, and we buy into a lot of it.
0: And it crosses color lines. It you does. see the same attitudes in it's, the same America. people that have different colors, different ethnicities, different countries. Right. It's a human thing. So, And I'm not correcting you because I don't – you're the best. But we, I just – interracial is a bad word because it's not correct. There's only one race. One race. It's intercultural, right. which is 100% true. Right. 100% true. You realize that, uh, and just let me be honest with you, when you mix genes, you get a stronger gene. I'm just letting you know, when you stay in the same exact gene pill, you get children that are not mentally all there. It's just fact, and it just is. Okay, okay. See, I love being black. I think it's the coolest thing that Shorty ever did for me. I'm not joking. It's the coolest thing in the world. I Now that I look back at it, I don't have a pamphlet for a life. Daddy said, don't make sure your life's not a pamphlet. I have volumes. Mm-hmm. I have volumes and mm-hmm. life has been good to me. And I did have to struggle and I did have to fight Paul. And so did you, and so does a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But man, do I love being black. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you, I I didn't ever see it as a negative. If you want to know the truth, the way I was raised it inside my soul, I was thinking of this thing. I was talking to my children. I don't ever be remember being feeling um, less than like a white person saying something bad to me. I I remember feeling like I want to kick his ass or did kick his ass or one of those feelings, but actually going, damn, not once, because I have this saying, Paul, Mm -hmm. nobody can look down upon you if you're above them.
1: Hmm. Okay. That's a very good one. And one of the things that, you know, you, you grew up strong where you grow up is important, how you grow up is important, how you formulate it. You know, I was in an area that was you know, it was a black area, but it was it was it was self sufficient for the most part. It was whole. everybody was pretty much normal. And I never had in the position I was never in a position where I felt oppressed at all growing up. It was kinda of like kind of strange Mayberry. Almost Mayberry but it was in the middle of Queens. I oh, know. Right in the middle of what's what's now rap rap central on the globe, but it, at one time it was before, before the drugs hit in late '60s, and it shifted. but before that it was, like, it was it was ideal. Do you know that uh, the adjoining neighborhood called Ashishley Park, that uh, Babe Ruth actually lived there? which I didn't know really about. yeah, and in fact they've turned it into a historic uh, site couple years ago I was reading about that in parts of Santa. Wow,
0: second greatest second greatest Yankee ever Mickey Mantle being yeah. number
1: 1. Yeah, I remember used to see uh Count Basie live nearby. Never no saw kidding. him. No kidding. Yeah, he had a he had a daughter who was a mongoloid. And the uh, wow. she had a caretaker, I remember, and she would walk her, you know, on our area sometimes and uh wow, quite a quite a sight.
0: Quite a Wow, sight. and this was Count Basie's daughter by, yeah,
1: Count Basie had a daughter.
0: You're making me you're making me expose the secret. Sure. I come from Harlem, and I love saying I come from Harlem. The Harlem I come from was 102nd between Park and Madison. Now, yes, people got killed, people used drugs, people drank. Real Harlem to me, it was across, it was a dope street, was 116th Street. And young people like me did not go above 116th Street. Mm-hmm. but i just love the fact because when i grew up i had all that around me but it wasn't dominant it wasn't dominant you know it was just the regular community that bad stuff happened around right, right, put right. it this way the first drug i ever saw was somebody shooting heroin and people who smoked marijuana they thought of as sissies so either you shot dope or you drank wine mm-hmm. that's the first thing i ever knew about getting high mm-hmm. how about that culture yeah, so fun. let me just wrap this up, Paul, because right, I want to go to the next one. Because when we give out uh, subjects like this, when we talk about subjects like this, I want an answer. I want what we can do to do better. What can people do? If you're First of all, this is what I have to say, Paul. You don't want to grow up lonely. Please listen, Paul. You just don't want to be lonely when you get older. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can expand our minds open up our eyes and start looking for what people are instead of what they look like, I think we do a lot better. I don't know how to deal with the apps. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no advice on that. I don't give advice if I don't know anything. And I know nothing about that, but I know that there are a lot of good black women out there who deserve somebody. And there are a lot of good black men out there who deserve somebody. And matter of fact, there are a lot of good people out there. So maybe if we open up these, um, these blinders that we have on and start looking for people on in here. And it's hard. How do you find that in an app, Paul? How do you find that in an app? Yeah, What's sure your is. answer?
1: Well, that's tough. You can't find it in an app. I think you need to do a person to person. And one of the, the pernicious things that's going on is that people really were kind of set to be divided up. Divided up to be picked off, in my opinion. And there's also a, a, a thrust that says that you're better off if you mix with someone else because
0: genetically you are. Yeah, genetically you are. Biologically, my son's a spine surgeon. I'm just telling you the truth. Okay, but but they but, make stronger genes.
1: Yeah, but the, but the the advertising stuff that's put out there, I don't think it's encouraging strength. I think in some ways it's encouraging. I know that. It's, it's, it's like it's another way of division. I'm looking from a strategic st- standpoint. Is an army stronger together or fractured?
0: I don't know, but, but is this all happening by the man? I don't know.
1: Everybody's mixed up. Everybody's mixed up, and they're trying to find each other. And I think somewhere they'll, they'll be sorted out, but we have to stop fighting each other. There's a lot of this black woman and man in the business. I hate this one. Ignorant. I, nobody else does that. Ignorant. That's 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 no, that's
0: Paul. That's not true. They just don't use black. They use caste or they use Chinese, Japanese or they use different sect of Muslims. They do do it. They do all of them. People do it Catholic, Irish. They do do
1: it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see this publicly, at least
0: on my my YouTube. Because you don't, you're not, you don't live in that world, but you travel the world. Tell me those Indian people don't have it worse than any. Minority, so-called minority, because we're not minorities, tell me they don't have it worse than anybody else you've seen. Well, I haven't seen worse.
1: You're talking about the lowest of the low. In the, Correct.
0: What really you've bad. seen, what you actually color use color that with your eyes. Things. They're not getting out of that. They break their kid's arms so they can beg better. Mm-hmm. So all I'm trying to, i'm I'm saying it's not a black and white issue, Paul. If you want to fight this, I believe it's a human issue. It's a human being issue. And if we understand the root of it, remember, it's all rooted in hate. It's all rooted in if I put you down, that makes me better automatically. Kind of rooted in laziness. Right, right.
1: I, I agree. I mean, the division the division itself is, is manipulated. It's created, it's manipulated. Someone is doing it.
0: So can we get back to something real quick, nice? How should these guys and girls go out and find dates?
1: Well, when the, if the pandemic eases up, that might help a bit. Okay. Um, it, 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 for the men, you know, everybody's not going to be super beautiful. All the men aren't super beautiful. A lot, a lot of the women are out of shape. A lot of the men are out of shape. Everybody could <laughs> spend a little time in the gym and a little less time it, it, uh, tr- uh I won't, I won't name it your places, but chicken places, burger places. You know, get a walk, get outside. Part, part of the people are depressed because they're, they're 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 sitting there, cooped up. They're not doing anything, they're just watching screens like this. Maybe
0: they need addicted to, to food, get, addicted yeah. to a serious
1: drug. Yeah, serious. Eat, eat some good food, get some exercise, and move your bowels. A lot of people they're they're all jammed up because their bowels are stuck. You need does to Does that out mean and- something?
0: Does that mean when somebody says you're full of shit? Is that what you're talking about? Well, that's, not, that's true. That's <laughs> absolutely
1: true. <laughs> That's true. That's, that's true. That you it's are. Funny. You really are. You really are. You need to be unflawed. So that that'll, that'll um, make people. That's been that makes a lot of folks uh, tougher. You say, "Well, black women are tougher. A lot of overweight. A lot of them need a bowel movement."
0: Well, you know, you know, we just told them the shakes we we drank, mm-hmm. and both of our shakes had fiber in it. I've
1: got one right here.
0: You got it. Okay, Paul. Next next chapter. We are on the seventh fact in life. And the seventh fact in life simply says, and it's kind of the answer to most of your problems, use common sense and moderation. Common sense and moderation. Please tell me what you think about those facts using common sense and moderation.
1: Common sense is something that really can't be taught. I think it's something you either have or don't have, or you develop or you don't develop. If you really don't have a lot of common sense outside of America... Typically you don't live very long. You die pretty quickly. You fall in trenches, things get broken, and you just die. Uh, we've gotten a little dumber, we've got a lot dumber here in the last 30, 40 years because there are a lot of artificial ways to keep really dumb people going. Uh, so this has to do, you know, has affects how immigrants come immigrants come here. They're generally going to be a little bit sharper because natural selection is kind of thinned down to hurt. The dumb people don't make it. The dumb people don't make it.
0: Desert. Really really important that you said that because we flew to China a lot. People need to know because everybody said, oh, Chinese are so smart in math. No, it's the ones who get here that are smart in math. There are billions of Chinese people and hundreds of millions who are not that smart, but they never make it here.
1: They don't make it right. Yeah, everybody doesn't come. Everybody doesn't come. Certain people get uh, get an invite, so to speak, or permission. the ones with. You got sense. You got something. Yeah, you got something. I'll How
0: about, about moderation?
1: Moderation. Okay. Don't don't do too much. Don't do too little. Do enough. <laughs> that's all I can think of. Moderation. Yeah.
0: Well, that's very easy for you to say because you're like you, you, I look up to you because of that because you can have moderation. Drew Brown III does not have moderation. I overdo everything. I will tell you I overdo everything, and I work on moderation. You know, when I made, um, it started, I think, when I made models. I made uh, monster models. Anyway, I always used more glue than I needed to. Everybody does. And it ruined the model where it said, use just a lot, little bit. Maybe it's my Judaism. Maybe it's my upbringing from my grandparents. But look, more is better. That's all I More glue, it'll stay on longer. Yeah. That's not the truth. And then as you get into vegetation, so if you're growing flowers, too much fertilization will kill them. Now, that's a great point, Paul. Listen to this one. I believe that in children, too. You give children too much, you'll kill them. You are not helping them. So right. it's the same thing. I always, I always made the comparison between... Plants and children about giving too much fertilizer. Because if you really do give plants too much fertilizer, they're gone. You'll burn them up. That's right. And I truly really believe that's the same with children. Common sense and moderation. Oh, one more thing about common sense for me. Common sense, when somebody shoots a gun, some people go, Hey, where'd you hear that sound? where do you think it's coming from?
1: And they run to it. Yeah. And there's
0: another set of people where I come from, they just start running. And you know where they run? Where everybody else is running. Mm-hmm. Common sense. Yeah. And common sense has nothing, zero, to do with intelligence. Because there's a my, maybe that guy who invented the nuclear weapon, Oppenheimer, who actually made a weapon that can destroy mankind. Maybe he was smart. Maybe he didn't have a lot of common sense. Anyway, common sense and moderation. My answer to moderation is that if you can't, uh, do things in moderation, don't do it. Don't do anything that'll hurt you. And if you do overdo, overdo like eating well, overdo like being nice to people, overdo like calling the elderly, overdo working out a little bit. Don't don't take my words for it right. and get a heart attack and die. Right. But overdo things that help you. If you take care of yourself and you love yourself and you project a good image, you start being more attractive. Than putting makeup on, on That's true. braids down to here is the new look. Like I don't even care if you think it's fake. It's
1: it's fake and it's like it doesn't work because everybody's doing it. It looks the same. Look at, <laughs> look look at the old pictures of the people in the seventies. You know, for females, it, you you you'll do better. Everybody everybody can see the special effects and the. It's kind of known now, you know.
0: Yeah, but you know what you sound like. Our parents, they said the same thing about us. What kind of hair is that? That afro. Are you kidding? My father. That was it's the dangerous. That was dangerous. He ever chased me. He, well, I was down at Cassius Clay was training against Sonny Liston. He was training down in Miami Beach. I flew down there. I was young, young, and when I got there, I made my grandmother. I, I wouldn't let them cut my hair. I had this, I'm a black revolutionist. Mm-hmm. I went down there. My father said, "Oh no, this ain't happening. You are cutting that hair." it wasn't seen as an afro to them you know what i mean it's like the new hairstyles to us now there's no there's no represent anyway he actually chased me and i ran away from him i finally got a haircut but i actually remember that
1: right so right. you
0: sound like your parents let me go a step further i don't mind if you change your hair color but don't do things that are permanent paul tattoos piercings things that you can't change your mind with yeah you know I, I- I know you want to tell you a tattoo story. I'll save that for another time. Okay. But be careful what you do that's permanent. I, agree. I said it before. The only thing that's permanent and that's 100% to me is shorty God. That's the only thing other than that there are variations. And I was told this and it's true. Everything you know now will change.
1: Right. Yeah. Tattoo, you know, I I'm not a tattoo person. I personally I've never seen anyone whose appearance has been enhanced with, with with ink on them. That's just me personally. And looking any pretty, Especially like, you know, writing like a term paper on there, you know. Just write a post-it note. You know, make yourself a note put on refrigerator or something like that. You know, because you may not look so cute in 20, 30 years. And as an older person, you look like awful. So I think a way to make some money is actually a tattoo removal service. I was just thinking about what, what about all these people like in 30 years? Like, what was I thinking?
0: Well, them? there is. It's laser, and it's very expensive and painful, it and it's not 100% guaranteed. And while we're talking about that, how do black people put black ink on black skin where you can't see it? Just explain that one to me.
1: I've seen. Tell that.
0: me, Paul. You know, I mean, seriously. Another thing, if you put a tattoo here, you know what you're really saying no matter what the tattoo says? I'm going to accept minimum wage for the rest of my life. You're just saying that. I do not plan on being a doctor, a senator. I'm not looking that far ahead. Minimum wage is okay with me.
1: Well, Tyson is doing okay with that, but probably not too many. He got it after. He got it after. Well, yeah, he was already getting paid.
0: And he knocks people out. You can knock people out like Mike Tyson, get a tattoo. And you can have it say, I knock people out. Okay. But most people can. not
1: I think I'll let that one go. No ta- no tattoos
0: for me no tattoos. all right, number seven, use common sense moderation, and under there is another saying that says, "Surrender to win, surrender to win and to me, you know what that that means sometimes when you do give up the battle, you win the war. I believe that if the Native Americans did not surrender to the white man, there'd probably be no Native Americans. If the Japanese did not surrender during Hiroshima, they would have kept nuking them and there'd be no more Japanese. So even our heritage as Black people, we had to surrender in order to gain our, their, their freedom. I don't like saying ours because I don't want to put myself back there. That's how bad they had it. And that's how tough they were. That's how tough they were to make me be so proud that I'm Black. Yeah, well, well, You got me revolutionist now.
1: Well, okay, yeah, I expect that afro to pop out again there. Oh, no, <laughs> that, that, that puffed up afro. Everybody had one. That puffed up afro inspired more fear than any hairstyle today at the time. How about that? How very, about that? Because it was it was it was really counter revolutionary, and I remember being in barbershops and old men talking about it. You know, what are these people doing? It. I don't. You know, everybody needs to be carefully groomed. I'm like seven, eight years old, listening to him. And you know, da da da, and we don't like this. Similar to the uh, the you know the Eddie Murphy barbershop scene when he in, in Coming to America, which is the best. That's the that's, best. It's better than the, the Ice Cube barbershop stuff. That's modern. no kidding. Because it was, I mean, all the parts were just. I mean, I could see them all. You know, they
0: played all those parts, and yeah, Eddie yeah. Murphy was on an interview the other day saying people don't think we played all them parts. Yeah. And so um, Jimmy Kimmel asked them. Well, why don't you do more? He says, "No, no, no, seven hours every day for makeup. I'm not doing anymore." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was,
1: it was, it was well
0: done. Incredible. But obviously,
1: that that's what he had seen growing up. And I'd say, I say, know, I've been to places like that. A lot of them,
0: you know. My favorite line. What's your favorite line from that?
1: Uh, I don't know if I can say. Can I? can you, it be, but Basically, the, the the first movie. Uh, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? Okay, that's just that's just so good. That's just so good. That was just so accurate.
0: Which is so accurate? Oh, I, that's that's what I remember. I'm, I'm going to beat those out, but I understand. I hope people can read your lips. Blankies, blankies. My favorite, my favorite line in the whole movie was, if "Mama called him Cassius Clay. I called him Cassius Clay.
1: That's right. That's right. He clayed me. Yeah. That's right. That's I remember. Yeah. That that was equal, equally good, equally good. Man, Clay didn't make. You know, and that it was, just, it was just so accurate. And it was almost like he was doing a. Uh, documentary on orbital mechanics and how launch vehicles get into space and how they rendezvous and come back. It was that precise. It's 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 still funny thinking about it.
0: Well Paul, how Sorry. about how important the black barbershop is to our culture? How about we do a story on that at another time? Because this podcast will last forever. That's a good idea. Why don't we why don't we end this the way we always do something inspiring. You have a wingman story for us?
1: I do have a wingman story. Wingman is uh Retired First Officer Reginald Davis, a former Navy commander, Reginald Davis, a great, great friend. He retired uh, from American Airlines about six months before I retired from FedEx, and we started a Navy flight training together many, many years ago in a place far, far away called Kingsville, Texas, about 90 miles north of the Mexican border. There's not much out there. Uh... There are not too many black uh, students going through navy flight training at that time i was one he was one he came came a little bit after me six months after but a, a great friend to this day he's was an advisor we kept each other sane most of the time we went out you know you know chasing girls in corpus christi i can still see him getting himself together if you ever watched the movie malcolm x uh, with Enzo Washington, Spike Lee, and they're getting the hair blown out and they're getting red.
0: Oh mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Okay, just 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 put just put us in that position, and uh, you can visualize it very well. That was our our weekend kind of getaway, get normal to, before we had to come back into the war and try to make it through training. But a great guy. We've always been in touch. We're still in touch. He's given me advice on things. He's actually a uh, he retired. He's an ordained minister now. Really an Ordained minister in Tampa Florida I forget the name of my the...
0: son lives in Tampa
1: that's right I should put wow. yeah in Tampa he's been he's been there 25 30 years. he used to be no in kidding he used to be in Marietta and he's down there and we talk all, all the time in fact he's uh, one of uh, Cameron's Godfathers actually
0: <laughs> really your son yeah yeah yeah, yeah. can you he's give funny. me a story where he was your wingman? I'm trying to think. Yeah,
1: he gave me some advice on a, a, a relationship challenge I had a long, long, long time ago that was that was bothering me. It bothered me quite quite a bit. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And he's uh, he gives very good advice. He's very convincing. He could be on television. He should be on TV. When his on his final flight, when he retired from American Airlines, uh-huh. he came from I think came from Rome to uh, JFK in New York. The airplane pulled in. They were taking pictures. We were up like two stories up. He was waving. Uh, Everybody was waving. His family was there. And he came up, and they had a nice little little ceremony for him. They were filming it. And at the end, he started to speak. And he talked. And he went on. He gave a talk for about about 20 minutes to everybody in the Really? And uh, and I said, we could have put this on television. We could have put it on the news. It was that good. He is that good. Wow. He is that good. So if if there is any, if I ever had like a national presentation, there's two people I would have. Uh, number one would be Albert Glenn, and just slightly behind that would be Reginald Davis. in Terms of a, a opinion, they both had the same uh, opinion of each other too. They both oh wow because uh, one time he said Paul, I I saw Albert at some some OBAP thing. He said yeah, he had all he had all those qualities because because Reggie had given. Uh, speeches like you before national audiences at, at IBM and big time. Uh-huh. You know? He said, yeah, he said, yeah, he said, yeah Albert, Albert's got it. Albert's, Albert's got it.
0: Yeah, You're not saying anything about my speech at OBAP. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, yours, are, yours, is,
1: great. Joking, yours joking. is great. I'm just joking, joking. Yours are great. I, no, I'm just kidding.
0: I was just searching for um, you're, some You
1: were comp- g- oh, good at OBAP. You are good on Donahue two times. And <laughs> Okay, I'm just yeah. joking, yeah. Paul.
0: You were big Paul. time. Yeah. Paul, I can't tell you how much. I enjoyed being with you. I wish the people knew that we talked during the day and even on our phone conversations. I'm almost saying, are you recording this? Because it just doesn't ever end. So see, I when love it was, you man.
1: See, when it. See, when it comes to the public speaking thing, you're like the Beyonce of public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't expect everybody to be like you now. So we got to be reasonable, you know? And you
0: know why? You I'm going to be why, a 6 guy. You know why? Why? Because we're floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. Good night, everybody, or good day, or good morning, but thank you so much for your time. Your time is the most valuable gift and commodity that we all have because you don't get it back, and we want to really thank you for your time. So see you later, Mr. Paul, Dr. Thompson.
1: All right, see you you later, Mr. Drew. Don't be too crazy.
0: I won't. I won't. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You didn't tell me that I didn't have my virtual background on the whole time. It looks fine. I didn't think of that. It. it looks fine.
1: Why does it look fine? These are the other nice little.